got a big red cherry nose. Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way? Ho ho ho. Santa laughs this way. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Cherry nose. Get on it. Sue that's red. That's your night. Here that's right. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Cimino, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Well, Steve, we all deserve to be extinct. Is that a thing that the, the, the crusty old vice principal says in this? I don't know. Someone says it in there. <laughs> it's not like... It's... A character in the movie says it, (laughs) unclear who or why or what. You're asking me if I remember things from this movie, other than what's written plainly in my notes. (laughs) So I don't know. That's a bad start in that context. We'll see. We're going to see where this goes from here. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. We are talking about holiday movies. We were talking about Christmas movies. It is December. It is practically Christmas. And we are here to discuss a feature film called Anna and the Apocalypse. I will keep saying, I keep calling this, or looking up Anna versus the Apocalypse. Have you guys been doing that as well? I don't know why I think it's versus, and it's and, and that throws me for a loop every time. I Maybe, yes. to Andrew's point, it's not, it's because it's not, the title at least is not good or memorable. I think this is the worst titled film in, in a long time that we've covered on this podcast. Uh, like many things about this movie it's not good or memorable so. I almost, I, I, when I was introing this movie in our intro episode I think I called it Anniverse and then I had to look up the IMDB title it's, well, sure I'm pretty sure it's only for alliteration it should be Versus they, did, they wanted to do AAA which is not even memorable so they failed entirely in that regard interesting choice Maybe, maybe, maybe Anna versus the English title in the UK, and then Anna and the Apocalypse, the American version. Yeah. There you go. Like the Philosopher's Stone and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can well, see that. Well, that voice you just heard—the non-Andrew, non-Steve voice—is of course Sam Johnson, our Christmas guru, who assigned us this film in the first place. Hello, Sam. Hey there. How's it going? I think it's going okay. I'm not, I'm doing all right. You're doing all right, right? I don't think Andrew, I think Andrew's the only sourpuss among us. I'm doing good. I had a weird day. I uh, was making cookies with my son and he threw a measuring cup into the bowl while I was mixing the cookies and it got Mm -hmm. caught and broke the bowl, shattered the bowl, right? I was distraught and so sad, but because it's Christmas season, I was able to find like the last replacement bowl in stock. And so everything got saved and it's fine now. Just basically, you know, par for the course for Christmas Christmas season. Wow. It's a harrowing it's a harrowing Christmas season for you, it sounds like, all of a sudden. It's, yeah, for, yeah. I was gonna say that's par for the course for almost eighteen month olds too, so to throw shit and, and cause havoc in some capacity? Uh, yeah, just destruction. Like, <laughs> with a clear destruction like a natural disaster. <laughs> like a clear price tag associated. Yeah. <clears throat> well, speaking of destruction, we are about to talk about a British Christmas zombie musical film with a lot of 
gore and some mild ex- are there any explosions actually there might not be any explosions there might just be the occasional bit of blood i don't think this movie the budget was definitely a little low on this one they couldn't uh, one thing in particular i should we're, we're talking about Anne in the apocalypse a 2017 film that you've probably never heard of but we are talking about it for sure and i will say before we get into the beverage choice segment i think this movie was very cheaply made and the biggest distinction i when i noticed that was near the end when they are saved by by what's her name the other character by steph who drives her car up and, and takes them away rather than driving through the zombies like you would do in any other zombie movie she just weaves around them and pulls right up to them <laughs> and i remember thinking that's because they couldn't afford stunt people and you know cars that can drive through them and, and any sort of action sequence i was like that's about right Steve, I don't know why you would think that this movie didn't have had a low budget other than everything that you watched on screen <laughs> for an hour and a half. <laughs> that, would, that would lead you to think that. Oh, well, that was the cherry on top. But we'll talk about that in detail once we do our beverage of choice segment. I am enjoying a flying dog canine winter warmer, which is pretty good. Eyes strong, and it goes down relatively smooth, given that it's 7.4. So maybe it's not a Sierra Nevada celebration ale, but I find it to be a very delightful winter beer. I'm drinking a Sauvignon Blanc, which was very deliberate because I wanted the most basic drink I could think of for like the most basic bitch of a movie <laughs> that we've ever done on this podcast. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> Your your hate is just over. Yeah, so over this top. is gonna be there's gonna be toe to toe action on this one. Not deserved. No, at all. no, uh, no, it's not because it's gonna last like two minutes and then be over. I, I don't have anything to say about this movie. <laughs> I just said it. Clearly, you have opinions. Um, I'm drinking a holiday fruitcake by Noon Whistle. <laughs> Okay, I thought you might have pureed a fruitcake. That was honestly that crossed my mind for a second. I was, I was on the same. I was on the same <laughs> same wavelength. Steve, Sam had liquefied a fruitcake. Sam it's might just... do that. I don't think he would, but it's, I wouldn't put it entirely past him. So like, what can I? What can I make that's thicker than eggnog as a drink? Oh yeah, liquefy a fruitcake. <laughs> it's perfect. I, I no longer have a mixer to do that in. Uh, I guess I could do it in the food processor. Uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's literally, it tastes like a fruitcake. It's got pineapple, apricot, sweet cherry, vanilla, almonds, and bourbon in it. That's a lot of taste. And tastes. it says it contains, it also says it contains lactose, so milk as well? I don't know. Pretty crazy. Did, did you just blame Axel for you trying to liquefy a fruitcake and it not going that well, <laughs> like, a couple minutes ago? Huh? Hard-hitting question. <laughs> I'm leaving too many breadcrumbs. Let's let's move on. They'd <laughs> <laughs> be cake crumbs, wouldn't they, Sam? <laughs> no comment. All right, let's talk about Anna and the Apocalypse. Again, this was a bit of a surprise when Sam assigned it to us in our introductory episode this year. Neither Andrew nor I knew what it was. Luckily, it is streaming in a bunch of places, including Amazon Prime, so it's an easy one to watch. But I had never heard of it before. I was slightly intrigued by the idea of a Christmas zombie musical. It seemed like it was genre overkill, but I was curious to see what that would entail. And it is, it is you know, to Andrew's point, I don't agree with his dislike, but it is exactly what you expect it to be. It is a very short, very cheap, very straightforward movie with a lot of songs and some blood and gore and zombie stuff and Christmas 
interwoven throughout. So there's no curveballs here. There's no surprises. It is literally what you'd expect it to be. Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 uh, the Christmas connection is tenuous, um, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't have. I, I, this is my whole thing with this movie. You know, even though I've trashed it already, is like I just don't have any animus for it. It it is, as you say, Steve exactly kind of what you expect it is which is i wrote in my letterbox review it's like uh a glee holiday christmas episode and Shaun of the dead had a baby and all we got was this crappy movie um and uh and there's just nothing to it like i don't i don't know i just i i will say one thing i have to, I have to admit i i didn't know this was a musical even though sam i went back and listened to the episode you very clearly say <laughs> In the episode where you propose it, that it's a zombie Christmas musical, and I guess I blacked out the musical part. So maybe part of the reason I'm angry is that when when I popped this open and I was like a musical, and then like it's kind of like a very bad knockoff of Shaun of the Dead, and then they start singing. I kind of probably just got a little like a little angry there for a while, for like an hour and a half, whole movie. Uh, and I just, I don't like, I guess I have nothing to say about this movie. It doesn't even, it just doesn't register. Like I literally, when I was watching it, I like got up and like left the room for minutes at a time and then come back and I'd be like, Oh, they're singing another completely forgettable song. Well, maybe cool. that's why you didn't like uh, the movie, Andrew. Cause you walked out in the middle of it. You can't follow the story, yeah, right? Sam? That's How are you right. supposed to That's like right. a movie I, I, when you're not watching I, I, it? You're right. I missed. You're right. I missed the kernel of the good movie in there by walking <laughs> out because I was so bored to tears before that. Yeah. All right. That's all I gotta say. It, I, it, I really don't have. I don't have a lot to like criticize about the movie other than I think it's like a classic example of a, maybe a clever premise, but if you don't have execution and follow through, you have nothing. You have this movie that no one's ever heard of. Until now, it, it, so. it grossed six hundred and eighty thousand dollars at the box office. Uh, so, some people have heard of it. <laughs> Dollars or pounds? <laughs> I think that's uh, they they made it they converted it to dollars, but yeah, I think mostly British. Um, so I mean, obviously disagree. Um, <laughs> I've seen this movie three times this year because I watch it at Halloween to get ready for the Christmas season. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, a, it's almost a Halloween movie because it's zombies, but then you remember it's Christmas and then you get excited for Christmas. It's so not really almost, it Sam, I'm going to have to say, it's not really almost movie. If only there was another movie that perfectly fit that bell that, that is like way better, <laughs> like a treasure child. Well, I assume he's already yeah, watched but... Nightmare Before Christmas and now he's on to another yeah. one, right, Sam? No, I wait on Nightmare Before Christmas until later in the year. But it's that—that's explicitly a Halloween slash Christmas yeah. movie. <laughs> that's the one you should be watching. This one is. This one is. You know, it's oh, it's I barely got, Christmas, and it's certainly not Halloween. It just happens to have zombies. I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I always just thought of it as a Christmas movie. Um, yeah, I'll I'll start doing that. I'm gonna start doing that. <laughs> God, then you don't have to watch this movie anymore. There, like, okay, episode over. Roll credits. No, I get to, I get to watch this this movie in addition to Nightmare Before Christmas. It's great. Okay, so this, so okay, 
It definitely falls apart a little bit in the back half, but I really, really comes out strong. I remember the first time that I watched this, I was like, what? They're just going to sing now? And the first two, three songs are just setting the world on fire. I mean, they're really great. They're solid. The dance dance numbers are great. Sam, um, I will say my girlfriend was listening to this at the gym today when she was working out. She was she was on the bike, and she was listening to the Andy Apocalypse soundtrack. She loved it. She thought it was great. So, And I would say I mostly concur. I think that is a surprisingly good part of this movie. No yeah. The, the first two are bangers. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah. no... They're the two no, I remember. I don't really, honestly don't recall the later songs. It really... It is... It starts hot, and then I will think the songs sort of fall apart. I mean, that one song, uh, uh, when it comes to killing zombies, I'm the top of my class. And it is so bad. Like, that's that's one of the worst mu- musical songs the I've The one ever sung heard. by the bad guy sucks, too. By that point, I was oh. pretty... That, that bad guy is, is is not my favorite bad guy of all time, I'll say. I honestly don't remember his name. Is he is he Mr. Shepard? Is that right? I just call him uh, Sir Barrett Mr. John Savage? Day. I don't know what the hell. Savage, yeah. Savage. Yeah, but he's uh, Barrett Dondarrion from Game of Thrones. Yes, it is Barrett Dondarrion. Wow. Okay. That's why. So that's what I think of him as. He's not. He's not good in this either. No, he's Thoros of Mir, Sam. He's Thoros oh, of Mir. Oh, Thoros. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They merged those two uh, characters in the early seasons. Uh, we're not going to get into this. We don't need to. <laughs> anyway, yes, Thoros. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's a very flat villain. I don't even understand really why they need a villain other than to sort of like hold her dad hostage. Um, but it's like very unclear w- w- what his motivation beyond like misanthropy is. Uh, and yeah, he's just terrible. His, his evil musical number villain musical number is just awful as well. Um, and his death isn't even that satisfying. I, I don't know. It's weird. I just don't think the music is good at all, except for the one song where the girl's like, it's at the talent show, and she's basically talking about how she wants to fuck Santa. That is the only part of this movie that, <laughs> to me, was any good. Uh, and that was, like, that, I mean, that's a pretty cheap joke, but, it, like, at least it made me laugh. Uh, I just don't... I just don't care about this movie, guys. There's, like, nothing to talk about. I don't, I don't agree that the music is good. I don't think there's any real charm here. I just, I just don't care about this movie. I, that's that's all I got. It's it just it just doesn't. And I would love to hear the sort of this is another one that fits to me in like this category of like what is the Christmas connection really? Like I don't like other than I mean I know it's set around the Christmas talent show at this high school in wherever Isville, United Kingdom. But I just I don't I don't. There's just nothing here, and then you have the great song about the girl wanting to like bang Santa. But you know, other than that, uh, I just I don't have I don't I don't have anything to give here, which is why I'm just so like I was just like okay, I watched for an hour and a half. Uh, I got like the least notes I've ever taken on a Christmas movie that we've ever done. Like I don't like is this movie supposed to be funny? Like legitimately, I I wrote that down. I'm like, is this supposed to be funny? Because I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was. I, I thought it, I didn't think. I wouldn't say it was meant to be funny. I thought it was charming. I thought it was relatively charming. 
I was genuinely, I will say, there was, I, I agree, Andrew, I agree. I think it is not, it is barely a Christmas movie. It is set, I would say, we, there has to be a separate category of these, like, set at Christmas versus Christmas movie, you know? Like, the setting of Christmas is the thing that happens in this. But I don't think it has much to do with Christmas at all. It's a zombie movie. It's a zombie musical. Like, the Christmas part is the least descriptive of all the words that is used to, you know, explain what this movie is but i think the relationship between all the kids and like the general like maybe i don't even think i'm a sucker for that kind of movie like it was clearly aping Shaun of the dead like if you look at the wikipedia it says this film was influenced by west side story rocky horror picture show Shaun of the dead that buffy episode where they all sing and it's like it's not even influenced by them it is just like a a pale comparison of you know it is it is a uh approximation of all those very good versions of this and it tries to mush a bunch of things into one and i wouldn't call it successful at that i would say that is it's weird even it's weird to even just say inspired like it just you're just trying to do a cheap version of those but i think at the same time like i enjoyed a lot of the songs and i enjoyed the interaction between all the kids like i when when the two when the kids who are in love are eaten by the zombies and die and are bitten together and die together i genuinely got a little teared up at that part i thought that was very sweet. I felt like I I liked the conceit of like I, I guess I am a sucker for the conceit of like we need to be together and we're getting picked off one by one because I like in movies when there are repercussions for your actions like you and in zombie movies I think are usually pretty good at actually killing people off like it reminded me of Train to Busan if you've seen that zombie movie which is a way way better movie but there's just most people don't make it through that movie like it's pretty it's pretty relentless in how often it kills off people and I think this movie is I was impressed that like I thought I thought for a while I was like oh they're all just gonna make it because it's like a teen musical and all and like six of them are all gonna survive and be friends friends and I was happy to see them all go down and then I was surprised at how much I sort of cared as they were all going down and I thought that part was pretty effective again it's, it's something we've seen a bunch of times before but I thought it did a good nice version of that in a, in a pleasant way well I guess I must have walked out of the room at those parts <laughs> but... I, I, I totally know. agree yeah. Uh, yeah I find uh, I care about the characters I mean at, at the end of the day like uh, Steve you said it well like they all are like quirky and have a little bit of relief and you know, I, you, you care when they die and uh, you know, there's some unexpected stuff that happens. Like, you know, the she's like, dude, like you're in the friend zone. Like I'm not going to be with you. And that crushes her like best friend, but it's like, whatever. Um, and then, and then she ends up with the, uh, yeah, then he dies and then she ends up with the, with the like basically the dickhead who she like had a one night stand with, which is and then I had to kill his father. That was also a shocking reveal. That was I, I felt like that was cheap, but yeah, yeah, that was weird. It was when like I, it was cheap that like that, that's how they made him human. You know, it's like well, I had to kill my dad. And it's like oh shit. Well, now I can't call you out for being a dick. You know, what I, it was what, I, what I what I love is how much you guys are talking about how you are invested in the characters, and yet you haven't actually used a name of any one of them, and you yes. have to be like savage <laughs> something. So you there's know, Anna, Andrew. There's Anna. Anna. <laughs> there's the apocalypse. Yeah. 
No, I agree. I had to look up, but but I don't know. I I just thought I had to look up Chris and Lisa's names too, as the people that were died. But I still think that following along with them, I was I was I like the kid characters. I think they're all relatively well done, and it's fine. Again, but maybe I just held this too. I was expecting nothing from this, and I got something, and that made me happy. But to tie it back to Christmas, which is what we do in this little series, Sam, I would love to hear your take on how this, you know, what what Christmas vibes you get from this. What makes what this movie makes you think about Christmas? Why like I get why I get why we I, I watched it once and I was mildly entertained and I thought it was fine, but I got nothing Christmassy from it and I'd love to hear like why you wanted us to watch it or what it means to you in that regard. <sighs> It's a tough question because it's the threads are pretty thin, but um, <laughs> I I so I think if I was gonna point to a, like a actual Christmassy thing other than just like window dressing, I, I would say that, like uh, the best friend John is probably the the center of the Christmas universe in this film. Like he's like he he's got a lot of optimism. He's got a lot of hope. He's like unrequited but he wears that crazy christmas sweater uh and tries to cheer people up they make snow angels together i don't know man it's not really a christmas movie it's not (laughs) you say on the christmas series assigning this to us is one of our four christmas movies to watch it's just like it i this is i told you it's the third time i've watched it this year and like the third time around it's just like the strings that tie it to Christmas are are not there. I I don't know. It, there's a pageant, like I don't know. It's it's in the same zone as like Love Actually. I think like they're doing Christmas stuff the whole time, uh, and, and then the world goes to the shit. But uh, yeah, it's like uh, I don't know. I I struggle. I struggled with it this time. It, like assigning it to Christmas. Like I think it's a better zombie movie than it is a Christmas movie. I would agree with that. I I would I would say like if you were to look at the four movies we are going to watch for this series and rank them on the Yulometer, <laughs> this this in my opinion I'm shocked to say this because I spent a lot of time on the Princess Switch too talking about how it's it's very very much not a Christmas movie, but I think this is the least Christmassy movie that we will have watched in the whole series. I can say that with confidence now. We only have one left, and I know that's a very Christmas movie. Yeah, so. the two two of them yeah, are Stone Cold I mean, Christmas classics. So. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, which is a surprise, but it's like, and I'm not saying Princess Switch 2. I mean, in some ways, the Princess Switch 2 just turns up the superficial parts of Christmas to, like, 47. I mean, I can go way past 11, you know. But uh, at least it's, like, there. I kind of forgot this was a Christmas movie for a lot of them for nominally a Christmas movie for a lot of the time I was watching it. So <clears throat> I will say I like this more as a Christmas movie than Love Actually, which is a low bar to clear. But Love Actually, Weapon we've talked about this on our previous Love Actually episodes available in the archives at inrealdeep.com. <laughs> and they they use Christmas as like a tool to sucker you in and make you care. And if you are, you know, and it's, I guess it's easy to get swayed by that, but it's also very easy to be turned off by that and say, this is bullshit. You can't really do this. And this movie uses it as a backdrop, but it doesn't, I, I don't recall it weaponizing it in any real way. 
It's more just like happens to be a fa- happens to be set at Christmas, you know. And I appreciate that in the sense that if, we, if I wasn't watching this f- under Sam's orders, if I somehow stumbled upon it, I don't think I would take any offense to the way it uses Christmas. I'd be like, oh well, it's just sort of set at Christmas because that's like it's more lazy than manipulative, you know. And again, low bar to clear, but I'll take lazy over manipulative when it comes to Christmas any day. It's honest like, and it's bad. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, it's not it's not manipulative steve i agree and like i i just feel like they they could have leaned in more to it like but either by like bringing up you know christmas tropes or whatever uh and having those things like and, and having characters learn something that way but it doesn't really fit with the zombie movie which is uh the uh, probably the problem um, but, but like even like the emotional um, motivations of the characters could have been, you know, more overtly about what Christmas means to them. And like really the only one you get that for is the uh, the lesbian um, where like, you know, her parents sort of moved away and she's sad because like she essentially doesn't have a family family on Christmas. Um, and everyone else, it's like it's not even discussed like the the christmas layer just not not there at all and like um, and i think one so, of the issues like compared to like Shaun of the dead for example which is again Shaun of the dead is a great movie and this is, is certainly nowhere near that level but it, it tries to be like it as andrew said so i think it has to be compared to some extent and what Shaun of the dead does so well is it does not uh, it doesn't even try to examine the zombie crisis outside of the world of Shaun of the Dead. You know, it's like this town is overrun by zombies. I don't recall a big emphasis on, like, the world being overrun. And this movie pretty quickly, once the zombie thing is revealed, starts to imply, like, the zombies are taking over and, you know, spreading and the army's gone. And, like, oh, did it get them in Mexico? Your parents, like, it starts to worry outside of the walls of the movie. And I, when I'm watching it, I was like, why does this movie even care about that? Like, stay insular. You obviously have a low budget and no one's in it and like so why even expand the horizons of this like just stick to these people and what they're dealing with and what they're going on i don't care about the larger world you can't build a larger and in the apocalypse zombie verse like it's just not an option so why even hint at it for a second like that just makes me think about the larger implications which is totally irrelevant for a movie that also has this very small scale of here's these five people you care about at most and here's what they're up to it just felt incongruous and i was like why is this even movie even wasting its time I think why is a good question to start with for this movie, generally speaking. <laughs> see, I don't want to say anything because I know Andrew's just going to leap on it and say, yep, see? <laughs> and I still liked it. I gave it a two and a half on Letterboxd. I gave it the same score as I gave Tenet. So I think Anna and the Apocalypse and Tenet are equal <laughs> movies. Wow. <laughs> According wow. to the Letterboxd oh ranking system, they are, they are ostensibly equal films. <laughs> Well, your own ranking system. Yes. They give you five stars with what you can do anything. And I but obviously they, but I think and I think this is a two and a half star movie. Oh my god. I think that's not. fair. Yeah. That's fair. I think it is too, Sam. Thank you. Sam and yeah. I Sam's Sam and I are best friends now. Sam and I get it. I yeah. we we get it for totally different reasons, but we end at the same conclusion, which is nice. I gave it one. You got Oh my god! Oh, there you go. Not good. Do you do you guys think this is the best uh, Christmas zombie musical film? Or <laughs> <laughs> I would love to uh, hear see the other competitors. That would be. Fun. I was gonna 
I was going to ask you, Sam, where does this rank on British Christmas? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> that's that's a good actual the, question, the Sam. Order need, there. Sam, please answer that so, one. Uh, British Christmas musicals? Uh, just, just British, let's just, just say British from, Christmas in general. Where does this, where does this rank British on your Christmas. British Christmas movies? We know we know Arthur Christmas is in there as somewhere in the a, top five. Love Actually by that, by by pro you know has to be I, there, right? I assume Love Actually is in there, yeah. So what else? I would say it's pro it's pro it probably cracks the top ten. I think that's <laughs> Wow, so discerning. <laughs> <laughs> of the top ten. Uh, oh my god. It's not it's not a deep bench. Uh, uh except for Christmas Carol. Um, I, I don't know. Like, only I Patrick feel... Stewart, though. You told me it was only Patrick Stewart version. Only the Patrick that's, that's British. Version. Only no, I said only the Patrick Stewart version is better uh, than, than, oh, Arthur oh, than Arthur Christmas. I see. I, I guess I, <laughs> another thing I mis misinterpreted and misheard on, the, on that episode, I suppose. <clears throat> I mean, I do, I do. Well, let's put it this way: if you guys hadn't stripped me of my um power early in the or you know this year I, I would almost feel bad about picking this movie but like at the end of the day we didn't even did strip you to be fair stuff. we just applied checks and balances we were trying to just even it out a little bit you had uh, uh, you got almost you everything through. Me of my, you stripped me of my absolute authority that's so true. It's, it's a bit it's a big step down but like i when i remember when i suggested this movie I did it for a reason, right? Because I was trying to set up the theme, which is to basically say, like, this is the end of the 2020 arc, or, like, I guess the middle of the 2020 arc, where it's, like, everything seems like it's fine, and then it all goes to shit. But I didn't think that you guys were going to just, like, give this one a pass. Like, I really thought that you were going to veto it. Uh, And so I don't feel bad. Also, like, that's specifically AJ's fault. Um, So, yeah, I don't feel bad. Well, okay, so I I can say, like, I don't think if Steve had had a veto at that point, he would have used it. Like, a movie like this is going to be a little catnippy to us because, you know, we've seen every, like, saccharine Christmas movie ever on this podcast, including Love Actually twice. And so here you throw out something that at least seems different and is different, actually. I mean, like, that's my whole take on this is that it's, it actually is a quirky, clever premise. It just doesn't it lacks everything to go from premise to like actual appealing movie so i'm i'm i I, i'm actually surprised you're surprised because i mean steve i don't i'm guessing if you still had your veto at that point this probably wouldn't have been one you would have like expended it upon the only Um, way i would have the only way i would have used my veto in this regard is because if i sensed that we were going to get into a four down territory like we got into where we ended up watching four movies and not that I have any problem with it overall, but I would have, I would have tried to trim us to three if I felt that was necessary at that time. But I definitely on name and on description, I would not have opposed it at all because I don't oppose it now anyway. So it's not like I have any regrets, about it. but yes, but I would have definitely, I would have given it the benefit of the doubt and been intrigued to see what this was. And you don't have any regrets about this movie? No, it was, not, it was a, it was a, I thought it was a pretty tight, was it 93? A tight 93? Yeah. Tight 98. So <laughs> I would say it felt more like 102. I would say it drug on a little long. I would, the end, the back 45 could have used a little work, but 
still, you know, an enjoyable experience. I think it was – I appreciate, Sam, you, you trying to expand the boundaries of what we're watching and not just giving us the classics. But at the same time, I'm also like, let's just watch the fucking classics. Like, why are we watching – there's a part of me that is admittedly like, why are we watching the zombie Christmas movie that no one's heard of when we could be watching a movie that everyone has heard of and talking about it in a little bit more detail. But, hey, we got 30 minutes out of this, Andrew, so it's not like we're – it's not nothing – well, okay, so I just want to expound upon that point a little bit more because you guys have talked about how you think the music is like not bad and everything like that. And I will say, like two or three days after I watched this movie, I watched Jingle Jangle on Netflix, which is also a Christmas musical. And um, that movie is a thousand times better than this one. So I guess maybe that's part of my frustration as well. Although, a lot of my anger was built and boiling over before I watched Jingle Jangle. But like Jingle Jangle, like the music in that movie is a lot better. The production value is a lot better. The story is a lot more interesting. Um, so, you know, we basically just took like, you know, we, we, we ate the dog food instead of the caviar as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean that if you're gonna like if you're gonna do that person. if you're gonna think about what could have been it I mean which I I think is is in a fair way to look at this then I could see being like this is a waste of time and I hate Sam but I looked at it as an inevitability like we must watch I didn't the movie say Sam. the second part you put words <laughs> well, in my mouth the second part I would never say that <laughs> Sam just so you know Steve's trying to stir up trouble now no I'm <clears> just <throat> expa- I'm, I'm I'm putting your words in your mouth that's fair but I will but I but I think this is the hand we were dealt and so I accepted our fate. And, you know, maybe next year. Jingle Jangle is going to be on Netflix forever. We can certainly watch that in 2021 as long as we all don't perish. So, I mean, we have that to look forward to. Yeah, we got like yeah I was, I was going to say, like, I, I guess that's what makes me feel a bit of remorse about this because I, I feel like I wouldn't have, like, liked to pick another classic movie, right? We're already doing two of those. Um, and I think we can all agree Princess Switch 2 is just so much fun um but like but like i i do think there's there's a good roster this year of content and i mean just think about it we have christmas chronicles 2 that was on the table jingle jangle was on the table happiest season was on the table like all three of those movies are uh, christmas chronicles 2 is pretty good you guys would have hated it i don't know if you've seen it it's pretty but, good but i would love to, to challenge that statement if we i'm not going to watch it until you order me to but i i find potential fault in that statement i feel like you, you guys are uh, you guys are gonna have a lot to say about that but uh, yeah but uh, the, the, the other two are are legitimately very good very good uh christmas movies and so I guess that's I'm feeling a little bit of remorse for not picking one of those two, and like they were both on my radar when we started the podcast too, and I just didn't choose them. Um, I would have loved to watch Happiest that. Season. Happiest Season is has both intriguing and uh, infuriating in its own ways, and I hope someday we should probably talk about that because I do have a lot to say about it. What is Happiest Season? Happiest Season is the Mackenzie Davis, Kristen Stewart, lesbian Christmas rom-com. Oh. Okay. It's very good. It's very uh, good. 
I mean, it has fun elements to it. The the There's story is the story is ludicrous. Like the, the 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 beats, the character beats are insane and make absolutely no sense. Like it is, there's huge gap. Andrew, you'd be you'd be really mad at it. It'd be fun to talk about. It would be very fun to talk about. There would be a lot to talk about. We can do it in January. We can, you know, we can do it whenever. We can do a post-Christmas happy so Sandra's out. Nope. I think he has veto power in in that regard, too. December 2021. Sure, we can do it then. AJ will be back to Uh, watching serious movies in January. I never stopped watching serious movies. (laughs) Neither Steve nor I. You got to check us out on Letterboxd, Sam. We've got it going on there. Yep. Um, Do they have a you, Christmas section on Letterboxd? <laughs> I mean, you can build your own Christmas section. That's up to you. It's yeah. very modifiable. Right. You're you're it's your a, own boss a, on Letterboxd. It's it's a social media network for for movie nerds. It's 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 really not cool. Uh, but yeah, you can definitely build a Christmas section out of it wherever you want. Um, no, I just I don't know. Yeah, I. I this movie is like, it's fine, whatever. It was a, an hour and a half of my life that, you know, I mean, this is the year of, uh, Sam, maybe to bring it full circle, this is a year of an hour and 30 minutes of your life that are like, well, that happened. <laughs> yeah, and Sam, that, that, in, the, in the context of even something close to that, I, I understand the theme has probably been lost along the way, as you said. So mm-hmm. I get that this this was a thematic choice as much as anything. So I get what you're going for, but yeah, I think maybe the theme didn't didn't stand the test of time or hold up exactly <laughs> as you planned in, in the strategic portion of our of our process. That's okay. That's the time. Those are the times we live in. So. Yeah, things go awry, you know. Maybe I think we've all learned we've all learned patience. Maybe patience and to adjust on the fly and to the new yeah. normal, you know, a lot of that. And part of the new normal is we watch the the British zombie Christmas movie. <clears throat> and that's you know musical. <laughs> that's the way it is. Yeah. And we're, some and some of us find enjoyment in that. Yep. Myself yeah. included. We're, we're working our way through the top ten British Christmas movies. <laughs> that's right. There's the theme. Okay, maybe maybe next year we'll do uh, you know uh, three through six or whatever. Yeah, you're yeah. the boss. It'll be man. really fun. You tell us what yeah. to do. So that does it for our talk about Anna and the Apocalypse. If you want to watch this movie again, I believe it's streaming on Hulu and Amazon Prime. Definitely on Amazon Prime. And it's a uh, you know it's uh, I would say Sam would say it's 98 minutes that could be worse spent. Uh, Andrew might disagree, but you know majority wins. So we say <laughs> give it a shot. If you want to listen to our other episodes, they are available at inrealdeep.com. And, of course, you can subscribe to the In Real Deep podcasts on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, everywhere they are delivered. We have one more movie to go. It is going to be good. It will be – this one also might be very short, Andrew, because we might just say, it's great, it rules, and move on. Or talk about Jimmy Stewart's toupee falling off in that one scene. That's uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be short. I watched it last night. Uh, I don't think we're going to... This movie, there's a lot to talk about. It's great. It's about. so, so good. Of course, it's a, it is. <clears throat> it's a wonderful life. And we will be watching it very, very soon because Christmas is right around the corner. So join us for that one. It will be basically our final hurrah before the actual Christmas day arrives. I'm very excited for that. Sam, Andrew, a pleasure to have both of you. So much fun watching movies, talking about them, Christmas spirit. I'm excited to talk about Jimmy Stewart.
Me too. Yeah, I mean, I, have you guys been working on your Jimmy Stewart impression? <laughs> oh God, we, we should have a Jimmy. Yeah, can we have a Jimmy Stewart off and see which one of us actually does the better one? Is that allowed? Yeah, I just started. I just started workshopping it downstairs today with Amanda. <laughs> she didn't look impressed, so I think we should. Yeah, yeah, I think we should do it. We should. All right, that's it. something. That's super. Something to look forward to. So join us very, very soon for our Jimmy Stewart impression. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Ooh, very soon we'll come our way. Santa very soon we'll come our way.